Man, I want to tell y'all something, man. Man, I'm not going to let these material things get in my way, y'all. I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. Father God, I am clay in your hands. Help me to stay that way through all life's demands. Cause they chip and they nag and they pull at me. And every little thing I make up my mind to be. Like I'ma be a daddy who's in the mix. And I'ma be a husband who stays legit. And I pray that I'm an artist to rise above. The road that is wide and filled with self-love. Everything that I see draws me. Though it's only in you that I can truly see That it's a piece for the eyes, a low blow to purpose And I'm a little kid at a three-ring circus I don't wanna gain the whole world and lose my Flashes, and they think that it's you, but they don't know that who you are is not what you do. True, we get it twisted when we peek at the charts. Yo, before we part from the start, where's your heart? You Hustler, tell me what's your title? America has no more stars, now we call them idols. You said idol, while we teach prosperity, the first thing to prosper should be inside me. Not because of 22s on the range, but Christ came in range. We said yes, now we change. Not the same, even though I met a fall. Since I got that call, no more song, now I'm home. Yep.
Anybody ready to dance? <laughs> I am. Um, sorry. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't a dance. Um, so what is worth it? If you ask yourself this question, what is really, really worth it? Your soul, that is. What is worth your soul? We've been talking about uh, a hard pill to swallow. We've been talking about some tough teachings of Jesus on Sunday mornings for the last few weeks. And uh, this morning's passage is no different. It's, it's a hard teaching that really speaks to Americans living in the 21st century. We live in a very materialistic society that is consumed with consumerism. Uh, we are encouraged to spend, spend, and spend some more. Back in uh, 2001, 9-11... Uh, after the tragedy in New York and the Twin Towers in Washington, D.C. and Pennsylvania. Um, well, do you remember what happened shortly thereafter? Uh, the stock market fell apart, and we were encouraged to do what? Go out and spend. Go out and spend. Spend, 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 spend. Get the economy back on track. Here we are, 2009, seven and a half, uh, uh, seven and a half years later or so, and uh, the economy, again, is falling apart. And what are we encouraged to do? Go out and spend, spend, spend. We had an economic stimulus package. Uh, not this last one where we gave all the money to the corporations. We gave it all. Never mind. Um, but uh, we had the economic stimulus pa- package of a couple years ago. They sent everybody checks. You remember? And what were you encouraged to do? Don't put that in savings. Don't pay off your bills. Go out and spend it. Buy some stuff. We're obsessed with buying things. We're obsessed with stuff and things. Now, if you're anything like me, you do just that. <laughs> you are. You go out and you spend. Um, I love to spend, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it gets you in trouble. Author Patrick Morley says something to the effect of, uh, Americans spend money that we don't have on things that we don't need to impress people that we don't even like. How true is that? Well, this morning's sermon asked the question, does heaven take American Express? And, uh... I'm hoping to get around back to that. And, 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 and really, I'm not even going to answer that question. I hope the answer will be kind of evident. But the question I, I do want to answer is, what is worth? What is worth the very price of your soul? Is there anything that's really worth that price? Well, let's talk about it for a few minutes. If you've got a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 16. That's where we're going to begin. Uh, we're going to look at this passage in Matthew 16 that asks, where Jesus asked the very same question that Toby Mack asked in his song. What does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? We're going to look at that. Uh, in, in, in this passage from Matthew 16, Jesus predicts for the first time his death to his disciples. He tells his disciples what's going to happen. He tells them what's going to go down when they go to Jerusalem. They were in Caesarea Philippi, which was on the northern side of the Sea of Galilee, which is in the northern part of Palestine. So we're way up north uh, in Israel. Jesus had asked his disciples who they thought he was. So who do, who do you say that I am? Peter pipes up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus commends Peter for saying such a thing. He then warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Matthew wrote in 16.21, we'll pick it up right there, Matthew 16.21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter takes Jesus aside, okay? Peter's kind of a a fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants kind of a guy. He's kind of a fly-off-the-handle kind of a guy. All right, I, I, He's impulsive, and uh, he grabs Jesus, kind of pulls him aside, doesn't want to talk to him in front of the other disciples, but pulls him aside, and he starts to rebuke Jesus. Could you imagine rebuking Jesus? That's what he does. Now imagine you're Peter. Okay, Imagine that you are Peter. 
Jesus is your best friend in the entire world. Literally, Jesus is your very best friend. And you've heard rumblings. You've heard rumblings of the religious leaders in Jerusalem being kind of upset with Jesus, not liking him very much. They're, they're uh, concerned about this message that he's teaching. And really, they're really concerned about all these people who are flocking to him and following him. And, they, and, and they're jealous of Jesus is what they are. Now, your best friend in the entire world tells you that he is going to go where these people are and they are going to kill him. How would you respond? <laughs> no way. That ain't happening. This is Peter's response. Never, Lord. Never. This shall never happen to you. Do you, do you hear that? that? That's a best friend telling another best friend, I will protect you. I will not allow this to happen. That is the love that Peter has for Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Contrast that with the, with the commendation that Jesus gave Peter at the, uh, the passage just before this. He, he commends him for recognizing that Jesus is the Messiah, and now he calls him Satan. But Peter, had the, Peter didn't understand. While he understood that Jesus was the Messiah, he didn't understand what was really going on and why Jesus came and what he had to do. He didn't understand. But can you blame Peter? Can you blame him for what he says? He loved Jesus. He didn't want anything bad to happen to him. And yet here he's telling them, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me. Never. Jesus then goes on to tell his disciples what is required of them as his followers. And this is today's tough teaching. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with, the, with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. After this, Jesus went up on a high mountain in Matthew chapter 17, and he was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. They went to Jerusalem shortly thereafter, and Jesus suffered many things at the hands of the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law. He was killed, <laughs> but on the third day he rose again. We're going to talk more about that next month. We're going to uh, just give you kind of, kind of a clue where we're going next week. I got a, we got a special guest preacher. My very good friend Brandon Rooks is going to preach next Sunday uh, for Super Youth Sunday, and uh, then the following Sunday, starting in the first Sunday of April, we're going to talk all about the the events surrounding Jesus' death and resurrection, and surrounding his crucifixion. You know, I I've thought long and hard about these words of Jesus. I've thought long and hard about what he says. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? What, what does that mean? What does that mean for Sean? I got, a, oh, I got a thing here. I got some stuff I want to show you. I want to share with you this morning. I want to show you um, what's, what's going on inside of me. I want to, uh, you know, I, I, there are some objects in this hamper here that are very dear to me. They're very, very important to me. Let's take a look here and see. And uh, we'll get to this one later. Oh, no wonder you can't lift it. The thing weighs a hundred pounds. Shannon always has me move the computer for her. So anyway, um, what have I got here? I've got oh, I've got all this stuff. I got you know this shirt. I've got this shirt. I've got this shirt. 
uh, these jeans, this really nice sweater, and these really cool pants. Anybody guess who made these? Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> yeah, I got my Calvin Klein, and this is just part of it, but I got you know the nice uh, gray pants. I think I'm going to wear these for Easter, but I'm not sure. I've got the really cool gray merino wool sweater that I like so much, but it's way too big on me now because I lost a lot of weight. Woohoo! And uh, but so I can't wear that anymore. But it's going on eBay. And then I got these really cool Calvin Klein faded jeans that I really enjoy, and and I've got this. This shirt that I'm not too fond of, but you know what? It says Calvin Klein in it, so I gotta love it. And then this Calvin Klein shirt here, you know, that's all my Calvin Klein stuff, and uh, not all of it, but it's a bunch of it, you know. And so I've got all that stuff, and it's it's kind of precious to me. It's something I enjoy a lot. And um, uh, then I got this. And uh, anybody know what this is? It's my iPod. It's got about 3,000 songs on it. I love music. I love downloading music. I download my music legally. I do, haven't always, but I do. I got about three thousand songs on here. You know, I got uh, I've got that video, the Toby Mac video on here. I've got a bunch of music, Christian music on here, a bunch of praise and worship stuff. I, you see me driving through town, and you'll see me bebopping along, man, just rocking and rolling. And then I've got this. This is my life. This is my laptop. Oh, I would be lost without my laptop. It's got my email in it. It's got all my sermons in it. It's got uh, all my PowerPoints in it. It's got pictures of my family. You know, this is very, very important to me is my laptop. And, and uh, I, I, don't, I lock it up all the time because I'm terrified that someone's going to steal it, you know, and, uh, and pawn it or something. But, uh, you know, I got my laptop. And then, and then I got my TV. I got my 32-inch high-def set. Let me tell you how I got this high def set. Uh, why I have this high def set? Uh, it's 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 Pat Sajak's fault. That doesn't make a lick of sense, does it? Let me explain. Back in uh, the fall of I think it was 2006, uh, they started broadcasting Wheel of Fortune in high def. And Shannon and I, being the young hip thirty-somethings that we are, watch Wheel of Fortune every night. We do. We do. We TiVo it. We TiVo Wheel of Fortune every night. And uh, the reason is because they give away a prize every night. You know, prize puzzle? Come on. I'm not the only one, right? I can't be. Oh, my. Um, so, uh, yeah, we TiVo Wheel of Fortune every night. Well, back in the fall of 2006, they started broadcasting Wheel of Fortune in high def. And, and I mean, as good as Pat and Vanna look, they look even better in high def. And uh, I, that's why I went and got this high-definition television. I wanted to watch Wheel of Fortune in high def. Call me kooky. Uh, I've got my car, the 2000 Mazda 626, with its underpowered four-cylinder engine. That's important to me. I've got to have a car because I've got to get around, and it's even that color. Um, I've got, uh, what else have I got there, Tony? I've got my house, you know, that I bought uh, that, that, uh, over there on Arbogast Street where we live. That's, that's my house. That's important to me. I need a place to live. These are the things that I have worked for. These are the things that I have labored for. These are the, the things. These are the, the things. But you know what? These things don't matter. This is what matters. See, that's, that's what really matters. Because you know, I can I can work hard for I can work hard for Calvin. I can work hard for laptop. I can work hard for car. I can work hard for for house. None of those things matter. In reality, what am I selling my soul for? What am I really selling my soul for? 
You know, I've touched on this a couple of times this year with regards to materialism and consumerism. What are we living for? What are we working for? Are we living for and are we working for the things that really matter? Are we daily taking up that cross of self-sacrifice? Are we daily taking it up? Are we daily denying our wants and our desires for the things of this world? You know, it's so easy to get caught up in the things that don't matter, in the laptops and the iPods and the Calvin and the, the houses and the, the cars and the high-definition television. It's so easy to get caught up in that stuff. But it doesn't really matter. I want to I look at a different passage from Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, flip over there real quick. Matthew chapter 6, verses um, 19, starting in verse 19. Matthew six nineteen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Skip down to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. There was, there was once a rich man who was very near death. And he was very grieved because he had worked so hard for his money. And he wanted to be able to take some of it with him to heaven. So he began to pray that, uh, that, it might be able, that he might be able to take some of his wealth with him. An angel heard his plea and appeared to him, Sorry, but you can't take your wealth with you. The man begged the angel to speak to God to see if he might be able to, spend, to bend the rules a little bit. The man continued to pray that his wealth could follow him. The angel reappeared and informed the man that God had decided to allow him to take one suitcase with him. Overjoyed, the man gathered his largest suitcase and filled it with pure gold bars and placed it beside his bed. Soon afterward, he died. And showed up at the gates of heaven to greet St. Peter. St. Peter, seeing the suitcase, said, hold on, you can't bring that in here. The man explained to St. Peter that he had permission. And asked him to verify his story with the Lord. Sure enough, St. Peter checked it out. Came back and said, you're right, you're allowed one carry-on bag. But I'm supposed to check its contents before letting it through. St. Peter opened up the suitcase to inspect the worldly items that the man found too precious to leave behind. And exclaimed, you brought pavement? The treasures of this world, my friends, the treasures of this world really aren't treasures. The things of this world do not last. Jesus said it best. Moths do away with our clothing. Rust eats away at our cars. Thieves break in and steal our possessions. But what really lasts? Relationships. Relationships. In our Men's Sunday Morning small group, we were talking about the relationships that fathers have with their kids. And uh, they asked a bunch of fathers about how much time do you think you spend interacting with your child on a daily basis, just you and your child. Most dads said about 20 minutes. Then they did a study, and they examined how much time a father spent with the child. 37 seconds. 37 seconds a day a father interacts with his children. 37 seconds. How much time? How much time do I spend in front of a screen versus the amount of time I spend with my son? How much time do I spend in front of a computer versus the time I spend with my wife? My relationship, my relationships with my wife and my child, I pray, will last into eternity. My relationship with my computer, my relationship with my television, they're only temporary. My relationship with God. How much time do I spend on my relationship with God? It should be more important than anything and everything. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says that we will be with the Lord forever. 
We will be with the Lord forever. Am I cultivating a good relationship with Jesus by reading his word and by prayer? Or am I cultivating a better relationship with Calvin Klein by buying his clothes? What do I spend my time on? What do I spend my money on? You know, there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with things as long as they're not controlling you. How apropos. Who or what is the master of your heart? Who or what is the master of your heart? Is, is it money or is it the master, Jesus Christ? Your money didn't die for your sins. Calvin Klein didn't die for my sins. My television didn't die for my sins. My car, while it will die someday, <laughs> didn't die for my sins. Jesus died for my sins. And Jesus died for your sins. What is really important? What really matters? What will truly last forever? In an article for Decision Magazine, Samuel Camelson illustrates the difficulty of submission through a Christian folk story from South India. There are several versions of it, but here it opens with a young boy who loved to play marbles. Anybody used to play marbles? Yeah, that's some marble players. He regularly walked through his neighborhood with a pocket full of his best marbles, hoping to find an opponent that he could play against. And one, mar one marble in particular, his special blue marble, had won him many matches. During one walk, he encountered a young girl who was eating a bag of chocolates. Mm. During, uh, he, uh, he loved marbles, but you know what? He had a weakness, and that weakness was chocolate. As he stood there interacting with the young girl, his salivary glands got the best of him. The rolling, rumblings in his stomach became uncontrollable, and he thought to himself, I have got to get my hands on them chocolate. I, I can relate to this story. Concocting a plan, he asked the girl, how about I give you all these marbles for all those chocolates? She replied, she replied, sounds fair to me. He put his hand in his pocket, searching for the distinguishing cracks on the surface of the blue marble. Once he identified the blue marble, he pushed it all the way to the bottom, grabbed out all of the other marbles, and as he handed, to, handed the marbles to her in exchange for the chocolate, the boy thought his plan was a success, and he turned to walk away. As he began to eat the candy, he suddenly turned to the girl and asked, Hey, did you give me all the chocolates? I believe that Jesus is asking each of us through this passage, Have you given me all your heart? Have you given me all? Have you given me everything? Or are there little pieces of your heart that are still in love with the things of this world? Have we given him all of our hearts, all of our love, all of our devotion? See, money and possessions will only get in the way. If we are not willing to give all of it up for him in his kingdom, then we are not worthy to be called his disciples. What are you willing to exchange your soul for? What is worth it? Who or what is your master? What controls you? Jesus said that the Son of Man is going to come with all of his angels in order to reward everyone according to what they have done. Are you going for your rewards now? Or are you looking for heavenly rewards? Are you gaining the world but losing your soul? Think about it. Heavenly Father, wow, this is a difficult passage. It's hard to talk about. It's hard to think about. And uh, there's so much that we want to do 
There's so much that fights for our attention and fights for our loves. There's so much that we want, that we desire, the things around us, the things that we see, the things that we can buy. God, help us to, to work for the things that matter. Help us to labor for the things that are really important, the things that really matter. Help us to understand what really matters. It's the relationship that we have with you. It's the relationship we have with our loved ones. It's, it's the investing in the kingdom through things like missions, the work of the church. These are the things that last forever, God. You last forever. Your love endures forever. The things of this world will all fade. Help us to keep that in mind. Help us to remember that in the next trip to the mall. Help us to remember that next time we're tempted to spend more than we got. Help us, God, not to lose our souls in exchange for the things of this world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.